managing chores and sneaking off to canoe and swim in the afternoons. We didn't have a television set, but our neighbors did. And very late on the evening of July 20th, 1969, we traipsed across the clearing between our cottages and jammed ourselves into their living room along with just about everybody else on the island. Dave and I perched on the back of a sofa and craned our necks to see the screen. Slowly, methodically, a man descended the leg of a spaceship and carefully stepped onto the surface of the moon. The image was grainy, but I knew exactly what we were seeing. The impossible made possible. The room erupted in amazement. The adults shook hands, the kids yelped and whooped, and somehow we felt as if we were up there with Neil Armstrong, changing the world. Later, walking back to our cottage, I looked up at the moon. It was no longer a distant, unknowable orb, but a place where people walked and talked and worked and even slept. At that moment, I knew what I wanted to do with my life. I was going to follow in the footsteps so boldly imprinted just moments before, roaring around in a rocket, exploring space, pushing the boundaries of knowledge and human capability. I knew with absolute clarity that I wanted to be an astronaut. I also knew, as did every kid in Canada, that it was impossible. Astronauts were American. NASA only accepted applications from U.S. citizens, and Canada didn't even have a space agency. But just the day before, it had been impossible to walk on the moon. Neil Armstrong hadn't let that stop him. Maybe someday it would be possible for me to go, too. And if that day ever came, I wanted to be ready. I was old enough to understand that getting ready wasn't simply a matter of playing space mission with my brothers in our bunk beds underneath a big National Geographic poster of the moon. But there was no program I could enroll in, no manual I could read, no one even to ask. There was only one option, I decided. I had to imagine what an astronaut might do if he were nine years old, then do the exact same thing. I could get started immediately. Would an astronaut eat his vegetables or have potato chips instead? Sleep in late or get up early to read a book? I didn't announce to my parents or my brothers and sisters that I wanted to be an astronaut. That would have elicited approximately the same reaction as announcing that I wanted to be a movie star. But from that night forward, my dream provided direction to my life. I recognized, even as a nine-year-old, that I had a lot of choices and my decisions mattered. What I did each day would determine the kind of person I'd become. I'd always enjoyed school, but when fall came, I threw myself into it with a new sense of purpose. I was in an enrichment program that year and the next, where we were taught to think more critically and analytically, to question rather than simply try to get the right answers. We memorized Robert Service poems, rattled off the French alphabet as quickly as we could, solved mind-bending puzzles, mock-played the stock market. I bought shares in a seed company on a hunch, not a profitable one, it turned out. Really, we learned how to learn. It's not difficult to make yourself work hard when you want something the way I wanted to be an astronaut. But it sure helps to grow up on a corn farm. When I was seven years old, we'd moved from Sarnia to Milton, not all that far from the Toronto airport my dad flew in and out of, and my parents bought a farm. 
Both of them had grown up on farms and viewed the downtime in a pilot schedule as a wonderful opportunity to work themselves to the bone while carrying on the family tradition. Between working the land and looking after five kids, they were far too busy to hover over any of us. They simply expected that if we really wanted something, we'd push ourselves accordingly after we'd finished our chores. That we were responsible for the consequences of our own actions was just a given. One day, early in my teens, I drove up a hedgerow with our tractor, a little too confidently, showing off to myself, basically. Just when I got to feeling I was about the best tractor driver around, I hooked the drawbar behind the tractor on a fence post, breaking the bar. I was furious at myself and embarrassed. But my father wasn't the kind of father who said, hmm, that's all right, son, you go play, I'll take over. He was the kind who told me sternly that I'd better learn how to weld that bar back together than head right back out to the field with it to finish the job. He helped me with the welding, and I reattached the bar and carried on. Later that same day, when I broke the bar...